0: hello 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 what is going on everybody this is the second episode of no words barred podcast uh this is your host mo i am joined by my great co-host chris mack down in atl what's going on man it's been a while it's been like a a few weeks man since we last uh spoke on here man
1: yeah a few weeks you know um how's it going mo uh doing all right but yeah it's been a minute man uh, it's been a while. I'm I'm glad to be back on here. You know, there's really a, a lot to talk about. You know, a lot has transpired since we last spoke. Hopefully, you know, we can go and get this uh going on a more you know streamlined, consistent basis, where you know we can get this going like at least you know, once a week or at least once every two weeks. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly, man. Um, you know, that first one was, you know, it was a uh, it was great and it was fun. Um, you know, good feedback from the first one. And um, I'm very excited at the the possibility, especially now that I know how to work all this stuff. Um, but it, it, it's uh, I've heard great things, and also then we got our logo. So yes, logo
1: <laughs>
0: beautiful. I love it. It is a beautiful logo, and it, and it's like what you told me when I had first showed you it. Um, like it kind of gives like a retro feel, like the attitude era, uh, <laughs> with
1: yeah, the cage
0: man. and in the background and with the bar. I, I love it. Love it. Shout out to my man Illa, for that. He, you know, he did a great job and uh appreciate that greatly. But yeah, man, like a lot of stuff it, it has gone on in the past few weeks. Uh crazy, crazy, crazy. But um, but you know, everything is strolling along, sports and music wise, and um, and we're gonna touch on a few stuff. And uh this we're gonna have fun, man. We're gonna enjoy. I I thank everybody for listening. Uh, like I said, everybody who's uh, you know, gave some type of uh feedback, whatever. I appreciate it. I thank you guys for it. And we just going to continue to build up and go up from here, man. So uh, without further ado, uh, you know, let's touch on the, the first thing. Um, one of the more recent uh, e- events uh, that has happened, um, unfortunately, um, as everybody know, uh, DMX um, had uh, passed away uh, last week. And um, 50 years old, number one, that's still young. Truly. and um man man like i never would have thought that uh at start of 2021 that uh you know so early in the year that you know we just it almost feel like it's a repeat of 2020 somebody big in the music world or sports or whatever passes away but um this hit this hit hard man this hurt um i know for me personally uh you know being from the new york area and you know, I, I I have very very great memories of of listening to him, you know, on the radio and stuff like that. And a lot of people, um, and I've been looking on Twitter and stuff like that. And there has been kind of like debates as far as like where he stands, as far as like hip hop and stuff like that. And especially during that time in the late mid to late nineties, uh, especially the late nineties, um, you know, everybody assumed if. You know, unless you were really in tune with the music and stuff like that and the rap stuff. Um, you know, that Jay-Z had a stranglehold, but I, I could tell you right now, Jay-Z did not like he, Jay-Z was Jay-Z, but DMX, I mean, that they were both neck and neck, man. Neck and yeah. neck. And uh, I, um Yeah, and what, I remember what? from the the underground, the, the backstage documentary, that shed a lot of light on a lot of the stuff and how their relationship.
1: Yeah, man, um, like, folks, like, that were try to explain uh, how Hole was, like, a bigger star than DMX at the time, they really were not outside, man, like, mm-hmm. you know, consider that you were, you know, you were a New Yorker, and yeah? mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up my whole life in Richmond, Right, like, Rough Riders,
0: huge, yeah.
1: yes. they were massive in our area, because, you know, I grew up, man, growing up in 1990s Richmond, Virginia, you're just like like attracted and you know and gravitated towards East Coast hip hop. Like it's just it was just a haven there. And for, you know, the Rough Riders era and particularly with DMX, like he you know, he was like just <laughs> he was he he was bigger than anything at the time. Like how how can you do two number one? Albums within the within the same calendar year, actually three to be exact, but two within the same year, 1998, with uh, It's Dark As Hell Is Hot" and "Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood," mm-hmm. and they they all go platinum. You know, triple platinum, quadruple platinum, quintuple platinum. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there was X, and like he was major in his time. His, his um his as far as his like his longevity and you know and be able to get the quality of music out during his run, it, it you know, it, you know that's that's you know to be debated on, but his peak his absolute peak was higher than any other rapper at that time, you know he was able to, you know, shed light on you know you know on on things that. You know, at the time, you know, weren't really popular in the hip-hop because, you know, we had the, like, shiny shoe era and shit like that. Right. And when he was able to break out this intense, gritty, in-your-face style, you know, with uh, with his growl and, you know, his guttural lyricism, and to be able to shed so much vulnerability in his rhymes, talking about his addiction you know, his childhood growing up, being moved from group home to group homes, being incarcerated early, and and yet, you know, having this warmth about him, you know, and this approach and acquisitivity that, you know, that made so many people, you know, attracted to him and gravitate towards him, you know, like, he, he was, like, he was really special, man. He was one of a kind. And, you know, and I, you know, it, I'm reading all these pieces about him and these memoirs and these tributes. and You know, it's, it's, it's incredible how, you know, how loved and, you know, how respected that he was, you know, you know, in hip hop, uh, he's a true Titan, man. He certainly will be missed
0: for sure. Definitely. You know, what's even more amazing about DMX is, and you had touched on it just a second ago, and it's just how much that he was loved. Um, within the hip hop community and, and, and and even just, just regular, just regular folks, man. Like he was, you know, the thing I always, and you had said about his vulnerabilities, like he, he wore those vulnerabilities, you know, on his sleeve, but it didn't hamper him. It didn't, you know, keep him down, you know, from success or anything. Like if anything, like it, it elevated it because, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, that listen to hip hop, you know, it's, you know, it, it's everybody <laughs> feels like everybody has the same story. Right. Like, you know, as a child, uh, you know, go through stuff, family and, and or something within the system. And, you know, you started from the bottom and, and, you know, you rise to the top. And, you know, once you get to the top, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fuck everybody that that, that doubted me and stuff like that. And an ex like yeah he'll have his songs where where he will unapologetically like i right, listen man like don't don't fuck with me i am going to If you fuck with me like i'm gonna come at you dog and and, and he held no punches and when he said that stuff like you believed it it wasn't like on yeah. some like oh you know oh i right, like whatever dude like nah like he like you believed it he had that cadence and i said this um uh, the other day. Like he had this cadence and in, in, in delivery with how he, you know, painted a picture of, you know, whatever it is that he was doing, whether he was talking about doing a heist or something like that, or or uh, coming at somebody. Um, but I thought the most beautiful things that he had ever said and rapped was about the stuff that he the all the hardships that he had to go through um as a kid uh, and even as an adult. You know that, that like it kept. He had no. He he had no. Um, he he had no doubts about his ability to, you know, fight this stuff. He was, you know, he acknowledged it. He knows that, like, I right, listen. I've been through some stuff. I know I got issues. I ain't perfect, but I'm trying. Like I'm trying, yeah. y'all. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and he said, like, in his in his way in his songs, he's like, y'all, I, I've. Man, there are times that I think about, like you know, what if I'm no longer here? Is whatever, you know, it's fine. But I'm telling y'all, like I- I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to, you know, turn everything around. And really, you know, people appreciated that and loved that, you know. And that wasn't, and that's something isn't that wasn't something that was, you know, seen a lot in hip hop. At least, you know, back in the '90s, you know, it, it, like. You know, hip hop is more so, especially male rappers. Uh, you know, it's all about the bravado and machismo, and, and you know, like and power and success and 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 wealth and look at me, look at me and all this other stuff. You know, they, they they talk about so much of the you know the good times when stuff is on the up, but they don't really talk a lot of stuff when stuff is on the downward. And he had like he had no problems talking about that. He had no problems talking about that and it just it was a rarity you know um i was just thinking earlier this morning um uh, i was listening to one of his songs and and i was just thinking about you know how many albums you know hip hop albums and we could just go back just in the history of, just in the history of hip hop albums the mainstream ones you know there's always had they always kind of like went through a tried and tested formula right you Had a majority of the songs like maybe, in, and this is back like in the 90s or even early 2000s. You had like what maybe 15 16 tracks on a CD on an album. Yeah, um, you may have a couple of interludes in there, whatever skits. Um, and the majority of the songs was about you know, pretty much like hey, like you know, I fucked up the haters and and, and I, I've, I'm at the top now, I got all this money, everything's going, whatever. And you always only heard maybe one song. That was, you know, men were talking about vulnerabilities, but the only time you really heard about it is when they were rapping towards a woman, when they was talking about women, you know, whether it's somebody that they like, love, you know. Or just
1: like celebratory victory song, you know, like going right. through and tribulations quickly, right you know I
0: mean? Right, right, exactly. So you really, like, out of 15, 16 songs, you know, you really only had two tracks. One of them was always... Oh man, I'm gonna break it down for the ladies. Do a song for the ladies, or <laughs> like you said, uh, you know that that one track that was talking, you know, victorious and and, and explaining, you know, like yeah, you know, th- you know, this is how life was as a kid and 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 growing up, and and now look at me, look at me now, you know, I'm I, I'm on top of the world. Um, but X, like he he constantly in in, in all his albums, like he just he just was he, I don't want to say prideful, but he was, you know, he just was very open and honest with people. Yeah. And it just was one of those type of traits. And it was genuine, you know, it was genuine about it. It wasn't falsified. You didn't feel fake or fabricated. Like you felt the shit and you felt bad for him, man. Like you like, yo, like I generally want this dude. I want him to do better. I want to get better. You know, like, cause everybody was like, we see greatness in him. And we just want him to be happy and great. Um, but he also had a great sense of humor, man. Great sense of humor. Yeah.
1: Incredible <laughs> comedic timing, you know. If anything, right? Like, like just, just from you know, you know his roles in film and, it is like, and it's like, and it's like it was a pretty, you know, his time, you know, working with like with uh, like with Jet Li for Romeo Must Die and Graves the Grave. Yes. You know, like he just had this presence, man. Like he he had an incredible presence that it was like I said it was intimidating but yet inviting, you know, and right, and you know it also you know for me you know I was never really the most religious person in my life,
0: uh-huh. uh
1: huh, but there's this fact that how he was so tied into his faith and his Definitely. determination like really made like made him such a a gripping and compelling figure. Especially in hip hop, you know, where you know, yeah, uh, you know, we, we don't really get that a lot. And no. for him, it's like when he goes and does his prayers, whether he's like doing it in concert or or having it as you know part of his album. Like you really felt that shit. That's right. It's like he he's like he's like he was like pretty much a preacher. Yeah. You know, hip hop preacher bit, talking. He was yeah, hip hop's like best preacher at the time, mm-hmm. and. For him to like, you know, be able to like live through that and be a testament, you know, of survival, you know, and you could constantly talk about how he didn't feel like he was meant to be here, and he can and you know, and he made it out, you know, you know, you just can't help but to admire
0: that. That's right.
1: You know, and you know, I you know, I send my best condolences to his family. Definitely. And, yes. Yeah. You know, I, I you know. Again, like we just lost another great in music and, and not just in music, but it's just in life in general.
0: Yes, definitely. Like it it's I feel like a lot of times like he t- he touched more people's lives outside of music than within music. Like everybody know who DMX is and you know, like, of course, but the people people just loved his personality outside of music and his honesty and openness and his he's definitely going to be missed greatly and you know and, and, and I you know I definitely have lots of prayers and, and, and love for his family and his children too um you know sure. and, and he was he was just he held no punches yes there was some stuff that he said that you know some people may not have agreed with um you know especially in today's world if he would have said some of the stuff he I don't even want to think about like how people would have viewed him and how he would have been treated. Um, but you know x had that type of personality that type of person that yeah we know he says some questionable stuff stuff that may ruffle some feathers and stuff and it's not politically correct but he held he held his stance he had his stance and he was very you know very diligent about staying on that stance and a lot of times like you can't like you can't do nothing but respect it like all right i respect it you know that's 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 you, but I will say this: I do wish that before his death, and a lot of people it's not like everybody know who, yeah. what his struggles was and stuff like that yeah. and i and and I think um one time I was watching uh funk Flex had had put this uh, a video on Instagram about it, and he was saying like you know you know it's great that you know we all said our tributes and all this other stuff, but you know he felt like there's a lot of people within the hip hop community that probably could have did more to help him out yeah. um And 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 we don't really know. I mean, us, we don't really know like who exactly did put an effort and how that whole thing. But on paper, it does seem like a lot of people, you know, uh, probably should have put a little bit more effort in helping them out um, than, you know, what than what turned out to be the case. And it's just an unfortunate thing, a very unfortunate thing. But I got it. Let me ask you this now. It's very easy to ask somebody like, all right, what is your favorite DMX song? You know, very easy. You can get a lot of answers. But I wanna ask you, what is your favorite song that DMX has was featured on?
1: My uh, favorite song that DMX was featured on. Wow. Uh man. I I have to like really like dig deep to, uh, to see what would be the best answer for that. Uh but the most one that I enjoyed the most, like the most like growing up was a uh, Urban Assault Field Pool uh from an Olympic skit album like Water mm-hmm. for Chocolate. It was featured him, Method Man and Red Man. Ooh. And yeah, like, that shit was pretty good. It was the hip hop version of Rolling. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was a hip hop remix to Rolling. and uh yeah, he, he was great. He was like phenomenal in that and there was a song also that I just recently listened to. Uh, it was um, from Swiss Beats Stories album. Uh, we did it again. Uh, uh, it did not feature DMX, but it had Jarru and Metallica. And I was like, damn, man, you know, this probably the song would have been so much better if X was on it, you know, right. at the time. And, you know, uh, but yeah, I was trying to think of any other features that come across my way. You know, Money Cash Hose, of course, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, i might. like. You that's know, classic that, that one's that one's definitely a classic and also oh yeah um uh the, the actually one of the best ones that i can tell you that I, I really liked uh as far as like a feature for him it was on the bus arrives anarchy album with him and um jc yeah you know, i believe it was called uh if I, if I it's not if i die today but um But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, why we die. Okay. You know, and his verse on there, his verse was just like many of his verses <laughs> that he's done in, about his life in highlighting, you know, his trauma. It felt more like, you know, very eerily prophetic in a way, you know, of how, you know, he's talking about, you know, you know, uh, you know, he was just like, he was like, singing his last rites, in a way. And, you know, you know what he would do if he'll pass, you know, how he should be remembered when he dies. You know, it's you know it's kind of crazy, because a lot of his music, man, you know, a lot of his songs, you know, is pretty much his most emotionally gripping, his most visceral songs, talking about, you know, you know, how should he be remembered when he dies? You know, or, you know, if it's his last day, he'll feel alright, you know, going away. And, you know, it is, you know, that's just, uh, you know, pretty much a picture of his whole career. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, um, he's, he was on a lot of, you know, a lot of posse cuts too, of course, you know, with Rough Riders. Um, I think for me, uh, his, my favorite song that he was featured on, and I was listening to this the other day and it, I always loved it. Um, there was this song, this, this uh, R&B artist, her name was Jersey Monet. Mm-hmm. And I uh, can't remember what year this song was done. Probably was like in the early 2000s or something like that. Because I, I remember the first time listening to it on AOL radio. And yeah. <laughs> and um the song is called Most High. And mm-hmm. originally, like the original version doesn't have him on there. It was like, this was like a bonus track on her, her out, her like debut album. And I, I just, um I just always love, like, I loved his lyrics in there Um because it was such a, a, her voice was unique and it was such a, a great, you know, the song was, it was a very soft and, and melody driven song and her voice like matched with great, but I just always like, then his voice comes in there and it kind of like, it just, you would think that it's a, it's such a soft song, and then it's DMX, like, DMX, you know, like all with his raspy voice. But this was another one of those songs that, like you said, that like he was talking about – it was like he was preaching. And I I, I think the, the first first two lines I remember, and I, and I can read it right now, and he was like, I only walk in the dirt, but my steps are guided. And no matter how dark my path gets, I light it. Like, Damn. I don't know why. To me, like, that – I just – started off like that and it's you know you're just talking about just himself and just getting you know the dark yeah there's a lot of dark roads but shit you know there's a light at the end of it and it's my job to to, to get to that like create that light and, and, and reach it and get it and hold it um it just it's a great it's a great verse and whenever whenever you do get a chance uh listen to that it should be, it's like on all streaming platforms um but like I said, overall it's just a beautiful song. But with him on there, um, it was just like it was like the finishing touch and his ad libs, especially at the end of the song, um when you listen to it, yeah, like you love it. Like, and it was like one of those very songs that he sung on it too. You know, we know DMX is not a singer, but when he sings, like you just you just love it, you pay attention because it's DMX singing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh but yeah, that's for me as far as a, a guest feature, like that, I just always love that. Um, but again, you know, great person, great rapper, great artist, human being like he's going to be missed. Love you DMX, man. Like it ain't going to be the same. And you know, we'll, we'll always, we'll keep you like your, your, your spirit ain't going to die, man. It, it ain't going to die. Um, sure, but, um, we're going
1: to keep riding bro.
0: Right. But while we're on the topic of music and this is the perfect segue, uh and as everybody if anybody that has paid attention uh this past weekend was wrestlemania right yes and speaking of music artists shout out to bad bunny man <laughs> yeah man shout, shout out to bad
1: bunny and wale bro uh right but uh, you know, for the weekend but bad bunny man wow like that dude is a consummate professional impressive like, he is a true entertainer in every sense of the word. Like, you know, if the one realized it did now, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like it, man, it's incredible. And hopefully, you know, when Danes settled down in 2022, I'll be there front and center at the state farm arena to watch him perform, uh, <laughs> for his tour. So yeah, he, he was great. Awesome match, like yes. really good weekend overall.
0: Right. Right. Now, That first night, and I had to catch up on it because I I was somewhere um, that for the majority of that first night. But um, man, I tell you what, uh, and I remember we had spoken to in the last episode. We was trying to hypothesize like how many people were going to show up, and I know at first we we felt like it was going to be like forty thousand, but I think we thought it was like forty thousand each night. But as it turned out, it was like about fifty thousand combined, a little bit over fifty thousand combined from the both nights, which. Honestly, i I think it was 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 a good amount. It was a great amount. Yeah. Um, because wasn't the Super Bowl? Wasn't it like twenty thousand only people in there anyway? Yeah, Super Bowl was like twenty some odd thousand. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So I think it was smart that they 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 played it smart and kept it to that number. Um, the crowd was, hey man, that crowd was great, and it felt great it felt to hear. Great, it felt great to hear real actual reactions instead of some. Fabricated thing you're hearing, you know that piped in crowd noises. Like, oh, oh. my gosh!
1: Oh so wait, I, wait, we we actually did get some pipe, um crowd heat um, in certain parts of the show.
0: Oh yeah, uh, you know for what a you certain want. someone. Yeah, <laughs> they tried it best, but it wasn't. It, it, we, it, we it wasn't going to work
1: out. But we definitely, we definitely heard it, but you know, it's like I I, I don't know what you can say about you know them keeping hokking around, but. Uh, He was getting booed to hell.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what? Low-key, though, I kind of wish, like, out of nowhere, like, Booker T showed up. (laughs) and you know where I'm going with this (laughs) I wish he would have showed up in the middle of when Titus and Hogan was talking that Booker T would have showed up and said Hulk Hogan I'm coming for you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, man if he would have did that for me that would have been all I needed to see throughout the whole weekend like I don't need to see any more matches that would have took the cake for me but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was man, they should've known better, they should've known better, they should've known better to put Hulk with Titus, like,
1: yeah, like that, mean, that, that, that like don't make it any better, like, right it's only you're only you only it's uh it's uh, got the fact, like you're heightening the whole situation there, right, you know, putting him alongside Titus, like we as for obvious reasons, why, you know, but. Yeah, I mean they at least they weren't on that often. He wasn't no. on a lot, so it no. was that bad.
0: No, not at all. And and I I ain't gonna lie, like I was able I was able to catch like when um like the very, very start, uh to, like the first couple of minutes and uh it felt very retro and old school, but great to see Vince come out and, and and say his piece and then he's like, Welcome to WrestleMania, you know, that stuff. And um I I always get a kick out of that stuff. I always get a kick out of Vince McMahon when he's not in character when he comes out and speaks at WrestleManias. Um, I just like it. Just especially now these days, you know, we're so used to seeing over the years that the evil boss McMahon character. But I mean, and it used to and it used to be something that he did on a regular anyway. And like in the beginning, the first you know couple of whatever WrestleManias that he would come out and, and, and introduce, you know. You know, well, due to welcome to WrestleMania stuff, yeah. and um, I, I like that. Like, I I I, I don't know. Like, I, I always had fond memories of Vince McMahon when he wasn't some type of evil authority figure, or or even doing commentary. Like, just it's just a simple stuff. Like back in the days when nobody really put two and two together. Like, oh shoot, like he's a CEO and owner. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if and I could see like on his face, man, the dude was beaming. He was beaming. He was so. So happy and so excited to to be able to do that and see people there. I, I, I can't imagine anybody, and I know like the performers and stuff, like they're happy, but I don't think there's anybody that's even happy happier than Vince McMahon with how that whole thing went. And even with the rain delay, like I mean, it wasn't a long rain delay. It felt <laughs> it felt uh, very was, a- was it all? It f- felt very NFL-ish, but that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it actually, the ring delay brought us some really good moments, So It did. Uh, it did. With uh, the talent just doing unscripted promos and they were just feeling natural. It felt good. They were just right. doing their own thing. <laughs> right. it, it gave it just a unique beginning to, you know, something, you know, to for, you know, an event as big as that and the guys were just going off the cuff. Uh it was great, especially the New Day promo, which was which was ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I, I love the Big guys, E man. saying that he had a wet mouth, man.
1: Almost like what?
0: <laughs> but you know, but but the thing about with Big E though, and even with just with New Day in general, like there is like they, they say a lot of stuff that you're like, what? Like, are you serious? Like you really said that? Or it'll be like, Oh you pause, pause. But because they're New Day. Like we just like we're cool with it, we're 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 fine with it. Like it's like nah, yeah. like this is it's, it's who they are. But Biggie's always like that anyway. He always saying some. I mean, even with the gyrations yeah. and all this stuff that he does, anyway, it's just like yo, like chill out. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, I always I love his character. I love his character in general. But yeah, that that wet mouth comment was like really my dude really (laughs) i was like you have to do all that
1: my man i'm 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 glad you you got fans there now but you ain't relax my brother you're super horny right now my man (laughs) the original horn dog man this is E. (laughs)
0: oh man but uh but yeah but even but uh to furthermore go down line with that stuff um it was great. Like the first night personally I felt the first night was better than the second night. Um yeah, same. And, and I was super excited to see Cesaro win his match. Um I can't recall many great WrestleMania moments Cesaro has had other than WrestleMania 30 when he won the the Battle Royal. Which do you remember? And I know on TV and, and, and on the WWE network or whatever, um, I don't like I I I kind of the crowd was not as loud as it was in, was it the um, you know, in New Orleans uh, when he had won? Dome? Yeah, yeah. yeah I almost, I almost pulled a Hulk Hogan and said Silverdome. <laughs> 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 How apro apropos, uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, um, man, do you remember that reaction, man? That when he had won that, I I could have swore like that was one it was of the loudest crazy. pops. It was crazy, man. It was right. one of the loudest I, pops I could ever I could remember that night.
1: Yeah, he, he had that real American steam song and shit, and you know, you eliminated. I believe he eliminated Big Show,
0: right, to win the Royal. Yep, he lifted him up, you know, man. The crowd was just going nuts, man. <laughs> you, side note: uh, I remember that night afterwards. Uh, I had went back to uh, Bourbon Bourbon Street, and uh, everybody that was anybody that was walking around of course there was a lot of drunk people that were they were loudly singing the un-american steam song like repeatedly (laughs) 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 and then we the people (laughs) like that that whole that whole weekend they were like that but um but no it was great to see him win that match um but you know and there were other great matches that night and we had touched like i said with the bad bunny um and and ms stuff but uh the the one thing that obviously was the highlight of the night which we all was very great it was very great and we was all happy about was the, um the women's uh title match for raw Oh no it's for smackdown my fault for smackdown and with um sasha banks and bianca belair man i'll tell you what uh and i and i'll ask for your analysis of it um but was it like it just was great to see sasha number one it was Sasha is such a great giver yeah, in, in that match. Like she let Bianca do all of her spots, her normal stuff, but she made Bianca look dominant, man. Like right, and oh yeah. She she sold like the moves, she sold them a- as perfectly as you possibly could get. Um and, and even the little bit of, you know. Offense that Sasha put in is like, Bianca just like always cut her off. Like just when Mm -hmm. you thought Sasha was going to get the momentum, boom, Bianca does something power move, and just like completely cuts her off. Um, The flow of the match I felt was, was great. Perfect. Like I have me personally, I don't really have any complaints about how the match went. Um, You know, there wasn't any, no botches or anything like that. Like they put it all out and I, I, man, and I love Bianca's reaction. Right after the bell rung in the beginning, and she was looking around, and she couldn't help but to start like tearing up and crying. Yeah, um,
1: it was, I mean it's a huge moment, man. Like, it's a huge, you know, definitely. And, and for Sasha, Sasha was like, um she she looked like she was gonna choke up as well, but she um pretty she she, pretty, she took control of herself, calmed down, and pretty much was just eyeing Bianca. And guiding her through that, you know, this is going. This is a huge moment, but you know, she got her
0: right. Right,
1: and they, they, they just went out there and had a hell of a match. Like, and Bianca was just tremendous. Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 Sasha, she just proved that you know she is one of the best, not only just one of the best women's wrestlers, or one of the best wrestlers in the world. Period. Like she, this, this, this match was like all going to be a hallmark in her career. Like it defined her. Submit to her, you know, you know, as you know, one of the best workers that WWE has had. Yeah. And yes, we know, you know, her WrestleMania record is it like the strongest? I don't uh, think she true. has a single win on there right now. She but, is going
0: for the opposite of Undertaker right now.
1: But but yet, Shawn Michaels is known as Mister WrestleMania. He's won like maybe what four to six times. He did win a lot. He has a no, worst win-loss records, <laughs> But he's always considered Mr. WrestleMania because he had the best matches on the show most of the time. That's it. And, you know, and that's pretty much what we're going to see with Sasha. She's probably going to be known as Miss WrestleMania. You know, and, and she's always going to have probably the match that will steal the show every night she's on there. And you know, that's a goal to have. So nonetheless, I would feel like that would be the best goal to have. Yes. You know, if, you know even if you're not winning the whole time, you better give giving something to remember.
0: Right right and and to me it was so refreshing to see a title women's title match um on both sides on raw and smackdown uh and it didn't involve charlotte in there. and there and I don't have anything against charlotte flair um she's phenomenal in her own right but um and it's no fault of her own it's just what the company what who they decided to want to you know make the face of the division and stuff like that but um it was very refreshing to see um you know those four women uh put it out on there and, and Rhea Ripley I I've always been a fan of her since day one um I just she has just a very unique look and and I mean and her and she's a she's a damn good wrestler in her own right yeah. um you know and, and it's just the women showed out they 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 really did show out on, on for both matches and and I love seeing that um but but obviously, like I said, the uh, the Sasha and Bianca match that that was that was the high that that was like the peak right there. Um, yeah, and it was almost kind of and then it's kind of a travesty that Bailey wasn't they couldn't find anything for her to do on there because she was holding for a good while a good portion of last year. Man, she was she had the division on her back, um, and it, it, it's I felt kind of it's sad that she didn't. She was regulated to only just these few, whatever, you know, cameo, backstage interview, whatever skits. But, um, but I, I, I don't think they lost any faith in her. But it, it's, and I think she's just gonna, she's gonna go right back into there. And we saw also on Raw on Monday, Charlotte came back, and it's only gonna be a matter of time until you know who comes back. Because oh yeah, yeah, we, we they, know what's coming.
1: They, that shit, that, that shit was being teased the entire weekend too. And yeah. for a minute, I, I I even felt like that it was going to happen. Um, uh, that we get at least you know, uh, Becky returning to uh, interrupt Bailey, you know, but that that did not come to be. And oh. Instead, we get the Bella Twins beating the shit out of Bailey.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the, to yeah. Much,
1: of the, much of the chagrin of the Tampa crowd, uh, they did not like that at all.
0: <laughs> nah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it's just they just they. <laughs> I get it. I know why they love the the Bella Twins and stuff, but ah, you know, like I, they were okay, but uh-huh. like they were far more better uh, wrestling skills wise uh, than them. But you know, it's it's whatever. Now it's like, all right, you know, them being on there doing that, I could deal with that because it was like a kind of like a one off thing. Um, but I think for me, like how I envisioned Becky coming back, was her not interrupting a match. It was and I don't know if it would have whether it was the raw side or SmackDown side, um, like after the match and whoever had won, they're celebrating. And then now comes Becky Lynch, like not her music playing or anything like that. She just comes like walks halfway to down the aisle and just stares and just looks and just points at them, whoever the champion is, and like, I'ma be back soon. Like I keep my eye on you. I'm gonna be back soon. Um, I thought that would have been nice to happen i mean it didn't happen that's fine but um but i you know that that's this is a minor thing but um overall i like i said that first night was great the fiend match man that was yeah yeah <laughs>
1: what is this like the it second or third time now. they
0: face each other at wrestlemania it feels like between uh, him I and Orton?
1: this this is their second time i believe okay um uh, I think the other match you were thinking about was probably um, uh, Bray and Cena. Well, yeah, was, uh, WrestleMania and, you know, 30,
0: it was Bray and Cena. But yeah, I remember, yeah. it was like a couple of years ago, like, oh, that was the infamous, um, <laughs> the infamous uh, the snake that looked like a sperm. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> that was the match. Yes. It was
1: that one when, um, when Orton had that, I don't know yeah. whose idea was that, to have that uh, uh, a snake made that size, you know, going down the ramp like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was comical, man. But uh, it, uh, like I said, that match, like you said, man, it it was what it was, and I will say the best next. You know what? The main events on both nights they they were deservingly main events, and they they lived up to the hype. Oh um, yeah, do you? I, I was. Speaking of live crowds, I for the longest have been hoping and I'm glad they made the decision to keep the belt on and on Roman. Because man, I I was just dying just to hear the heat that he would get from the live crowd with this current version of him, which I love. Yeah. This is the best version of him ever. You know, head of the table. Like I love it. (laughs) I just I just love every bit of it. And we kind of saw a little bit of it. Um you know, after that that WrestleMania, I can't remember what which one it was, where he had beat Taker, and he yeah. came out the next night, and he just stood in the ring for like about ten minutes, didn't say anything, and he only was to getting say,
1: booed. Right, this is my yard now,
0: and then just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> that was the the glimpse of what the Look, Ro- we- Roman Reigns we see today. is, <laughs> and, yes. and I remember as I watched it, I'm like man. They need, a, they need to make him full heel. They need to do it. They need to do it because they already hate him enough. So it only makes sense to just make him a heel and just double on. But, you know, sometimes you got to be careful with that because you don't want no Austin and Bret Hart type of thing, you know, where, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he's a bad guy. But as soon as he does, as soon as he's the bad guy, everybody starts to like him. You know, you, we don't want that stuff. But that was yeah. that was great to um. It was but great it, to see it, the crowd reacting for that. It
1: work. it works in a way because, you know, uh, you know, having Jay Uso as his heater
0: yes. to come in
1: and interfere yes. in the match and pissing the crowd off, you know, that helps, you know, Roman's character a whole lot, you know, especially being a heel. Other than the fact that, you know, most of the fans, you know, especially in particular like the the male incel citric, you know, still hanging on to the hate of John Cena fans, right. um, still hate Roman. You know, it, it it does add a lot. You know, it it, it it created an awesome atmosphere in that triple threat match. Uh, Edge Definitely. was great. Uh, Daniel Bryan was awesome. Like, it, I felt like, you know, it could have gone 10 minutes longer and it I wouldn't have had a problem with it. You know, because it was just going so good and, and going so well. But just the pace, the pace was nonstop. They were just hitting spot after spot, and there were some insane near falls that I thought that it, it could have been yes. it. Yes, yes. I was like, oh, man. Like It, it, it was a great match. Wait, a great way to cap off, um, cap off uh, the WrestleMania weekend. And I felt like that was the better main event between mm-hmm. the two. Yes, but yes, it was. objectively, night one was the overall better show.
0: Right, right. You know. But at the end of the day, though, the, the two main events that were chosen... Yeah. Like they they lived up to they lived the up hype.
1: To, they deserved to be I mean, the
0: yes do. yes definitely and I I applaud man and if that is the last WrestleMania we see of 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 Daniel Bryan or or even Edge um, we don't know obviously what what's going to wind up happening to them um, going forward but um man what a way that if you want to go out and I know it's they didn't win the up, title man. but you they still went out on top man yeah. And that's really all you can ask for out of both of them. Um so kudos I, I, to I I honestly
1: would love to see um a single singles match between Brian and Edge somewhere down that the line. Whether week. it'll be, you know, with the next pay per view or even at SummerSlam. You know, the, I don't know how Edge's schedule is gonna work. But um but yeah, you know, because he you know, they could they could tie up loose ends with that, you know, with that match because there's still a few there that's built in.
0: Yes. I believe they're going to wind up having a match at at, at Backlash, though. I, I just have that feeling that they that's what they're going to do. I don't know. They may have a rematch with Roman. I don't know, but um, if they do, I wouldn't be mad at that. But I, I feel like, like you just said, like it's. I feel like a bit more deserving if um, Edge and Daniel Bryan have just a typical one on one match um, at Backlash. I mean, I don't know who that would leave for for Reigns, but. They could always find somebody, and 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 it'll be oh, a money sure. match. You know, there's there's lots of unless they unless they really want to go the route of you know, you know Big E, but <laughs> but I mean it's um we're gonna see it's it, we'll we'll know in a couple of weeks how everything's gonna unfold. Shit, um, we'll know by tomorrow or yeah, you know you're right. the next you're lockdown, right, you're right, you know, you're right. We like, will we'll know
1: right by then who's gonna be uh facing uh Roman, because, you know, you know, because really he does have a list of challengers coming up now. You know, he definitely beat Edge and Brian at WrestleMania. Right. We saw that. But, you know, he still got, you know, there's a sorrow push happening. You yes, know, getting yep. that big win over Seth Rollins in another great match there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Biggie is, of course, going to be waiting in the wings once he's done with Apollo. And, um, and then, you know, there's going to be other guys out there too. Even Seth. Like, you know, Seth is around. Mm-hmm. uh and we we don't know you know who's possibly could be returning uh if yeah. uh, they um, if they're looking to do any roster moves down the line but uh but yeah roman roman's going to hold on to that title for a, a long time man like oh, i don't God. see him drop it to anybody anytime soon uh, uh you know man I, I i i don't i don't know who can be him at this point which is crazy it's like the person that is going to take that title off him Man, it's got to be someone damn good, and it's going to be a
0: pretty fucking big deal. Yep. so I believe it too. It better not be Brock. I swear to God, it better not be Brock. <laughs> uh, I can't, man. Like no more, no more of that. Like I love Brock, but geez, man. Like granted, it would create an interesting this scenario with Paul Heyman now. You know, with, with Roman Reigns, and it's like, well, <laughs> who does Paul Heyman? You know, who is he side with? Um, but. If and we know Paul Heyman, he's he could sell that thing for all we know. But I think, but man, I mean, you know what? Also, Which, the,
1: also the same could put, apply to Bobby Lashley too. Could be. Uh, I, who, think, who, who I could, think who could face him because you know we could still do Lashley and Brock if we go that route and he can just keep Heyman separated between those two, moving from Raw to SmackDown.
0: I feel like what's going to wind up happening in the end is um, for Roman. I feel like they all just going I think this is all just a build up and you may you may or may not like hearing this um, but it's just a thought what if they have Roman hold the title until whenever cuz who knows when his schedule is ever free and they keep on talking about it like so much and, and teasing it with with him and the rock uh, Yeah. <laughs> I could see I that ha- being it, I've but- seen it too but he, okay, you're right. It Could be Cena, but I could see because I'm trying to think here with them being in in um AT and T Stadium next year again, and you know Vince by this time next year, you know Vince is going to want to try to do something somehow to top the attendance record he set. You know from was it WrestleMania was it thirty four, thirty uh, three? Like well, I, I believe,
1: I, I believe by that point he still might have to have one to get like fifty, sixty thousand. You know. You know, because uh, folks still probably not want to come out or whatnot, but, but that still be Texas. a good amount of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is Texas, eighty thousand. I'll remember, go for eighty thousand. I'll remember go 80,
0: the, the Texas Rangers just had their their home opener. It was a complete sold out. People sitting shoulder to shoulder. So, if you don't All think right. for a single second I, I, that Texas ain't going to try to fit a hundred plus thousand in there, <laughs> 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 I, I got a bridge to sell you. If you don't think that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you right, you right, man. They're gonna go all the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they it going you know, all the way. Yeah, easily. I could see that <laughs> happening without a doubt. Like I know, I thought that with Florida, but Texas is on a total different. They're on a total different planet with that stuff.
1: I'm telling <laughs> tell you, it's, it's it's levels, man. Not, not to try to deviate from this, it's levels when it comes to uh, this, uh, you know, the COVID attendance shit, man. Of course, Florida has its own levels. Atlanta have their own levels, but Texas takes the cake. They do, yeah, you know, they for do real.
0: <laughs> but um, but to get onto something else, man. Um, uh, one thing <laughs> I want to touch on, and before we get to the topic of uh Kyrie Irving and um the NBA and their injuries. Um I have a little rant to to say right now. Um and I kind of alluded to it the other day to you. But um yeah, I don't know if people have saw or or read or heard, should I say heard, um uh, Draymond being on a uh, Katie's podcast. Uh what was it last week? Yeah. And thing that I I keep on seeing this happening is, and I feel like it's been getting worse in the past few years. At first it was kind of annoying, but now it's just like, all right, the NBA media, first of all, I'm getting tired of the damn NBA media, especially the ones on Twitter, like those, those guys, who the hell are these, who the hell is the NBA and all these media outlets are hiring to cover the NBA? Because it seems like, all of these, and especially these Twitter accounts, you know, whether it's for ESPN or, or, or one of their shows or whatever the case may be, and even Fox Sports, none of them are, are, are totally, you know, innocent in this. But twisting the narrative of the shit that these players are talking about on podcasts and trying to, with these headline grabbers, and I understand they do this, you know, because they got to, you know, they, they, they got to get eyes on there. It's clickbait. But it's driving me fucking insane, and I don't mean to be vulgar about it. But it just really is because it just seems like they just—I'm tired of the fake narratives. The the they, they really be they really be reaching for narratives that's not even there, and or they'll just take one little snippet out of what somebody says and then they stretch it out into something that totally isn't. I, I'm tired of the shit. I'm really tired of it, and these people need to be called out more. And I know people do it all the time. And then they kind of get all pissy about it. And then they block people, but the NBA media right now, it it just, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Now there's some good reporters and and, and columnists out there that do, you know, stuff for the NBA and, and, you know, they're, they're there and they're, they're far in between. Um, But I just, I just feel like everybody, like, Not everybody needs to have a fucking opinion and voice in this shit, and and they're invalidated. They don't play the game. They never play the game. They don't. I feel like they just only look at stats, and that's how they make their whatever you know comments or analysis of. And like they don't watch the actual game itself or listen to the players. Like they just need sensationalism, and I cannot stand that. And I hope it hope it stops sometime soon. Probably won't, but it's just I just hope it stops. But anyway, I'm off my soapbox. You go ahead now. <laughs> names, your names, dog. names, nah, names bro. <laughs> nah, man. Like, I mean, we all, like, we all know, like, the first takes of the world, like, you know, Stephen oh, A. Yeah. Smith and all. Um, like, you know. I mean, you know, and and, I mean, it was, you know, and, and, and kind know. of, and it seems like it's always it's like a cookie cutter thing now because everybody, I feel like they set the bar for that shit. And it may not be a fault of their own, because it could have been like, well, this is what ESPN is asking them to do or Fox Sports, whatever. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, it's just like, are you actually believing half of the shit that you're saying? Like, are, are you? Like it's like, for example, okay, the Draymond thing, right? I remember I forgot, I forgot what page it was. And their headline was, oh yeah, Draymond said the young players are soft and he does not want to be friends with them. <laughs> And, like, what, what? <laughs> and it's like, did you listen to the damn podcast? Did you, did you, All he was saying look- was that he is not like, yeah, he did say like they're soft, but it's not because of the reason that the headline is making you to believe that is the reason. It's not like he's hating on these young dudes. All he was saying was like, yo, like a lot of these young dudes, they come into the game and they just want, you know, pregame, like they want to dap up and stuff like that and, and whatever. And Draymond's was like, I nah man, like 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 what? Really? Like, no, I don't want to dap up and stuff like that. And, and, and just the, the mind state of a lot of these players, a lot of these younger players that come into the league, you know, they're more about, you know, Instagram and social media stuff than the actual, you know, learning of the game. And then it's just a lot of what he said was just taken out of context. And yeah, it was it was a lot in
1: of
0: right. And, and, they do this to another person that with Kyrie. Anything Kyrie Irving says or does, you know, and I and I understand I understand why, especially a lot of old heads, they they feel a certain way about the stuff Kyrie says or does. But me personally, I never was one about what he says off the court. I only care about what he does on the court. And on the court, that motherfucker is bad as shit. Oh, he yeah. he's he's a he's a dog. Like he's a wizard with the damn ball. And I enjoy watching him play. Like, I have no issues with Kyrie. Kyrie could do whatever. Kyrie is a human. He ain't, and and he said it many times, he ain't got to explain really shit to anybody, what he does outside of basketball, because it ain't really none of the media's business. But anything he's, but if he does say something or do something, they just, they take it and they just, it's just so many players, like every single day. And it's just tiring. It's just very tiring and exhausting. And I just I'm just annoyed with it. But um but yeah man, it's just like I, I just can't I can't deal with that shit. <laughs> I, I try to block it uh, out as much as I can. Um it's pretty much yeah. all you really can
1: do. Uh you know, uh especially you know, just not only just listening or reading uh articles from pundits, but just 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 niggas in Twitter, period. <laughs> that yeah, would be yeah, regurgitating th- this bullshit too. You know, in oh the same gosh. entire takes about any nuance or context whatsoever.
0: And for for please, please, NBA columnists, journalists, TV personalities, whoever you are, and even Twitter people. Enough with the damn Jordan and LeBron comparisons. Enough of this mess. Like it, it's. It's an almost insanity. And I know people was like, man, Mo, you're getting all worked up about it. But it's it's tiring. It's annoying. Like, we know LeBron and Jordan, they're not, LeBron is not going to be Jordan. We know this. Everybody knows this shit. So, like, why does everybody need to rehash about it? Everyone was every single day. If I watch first take tomorrow, I could promise you if, if LeBron says he's healthy, he's coming back on court, they're going to make a whole thing about it. And then, and then they're going to just go and talk about football. But and, or if you go on, or if you look on Fox Sports, undisputed with, with with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless is gonna be like, yeah, but but he ain't better than Kyrie, like or Kyrie. I mean, um, Kawhi Leonard, and I'm like, dude. Like, oh,
1: we gotta talk about uh, uh not just Skip, but, um, Shannon Sharp in particular, man. Like,
0: go ahead, he, man. You
1: seen that stuff with with him and KD because now we're speaking about the media, for example. These motherfuckers don't read. Like, like, they don't research. They don't. Apparently, you know, Kevin Durant got on Shannon Sharp for uh, re-quoting, like, our team, or no, not even our team, but talking about a fake quote on TV, chastising him for a fake quote about, you know, from Kate, a fake quote that was claimed to be from KD about him or, you know, about the game. And then, you know, Durant confronted him and told him, hey, why are you lying on my name? Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of just owning up and apologizing, Shannon said he was just to take it off public, you know, and you know, speak to him on private. When Durant said, Man, you're lying on his name on TV in public in <laughs> front of it, You made it public. You made it public.
0: <laughs> and, Don't backtrack now. And, it,
1: and Shannon
0: Shannon blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what it's it, I, I saw that I, I saw that and he was like and they called me so
1: they called uh, me saw right. call me sister,
0: yeah right right and it's just man i'm like come on man. Get, attempt like make an actual attempt to read or listen or i like something like give me like give me accurate and actual detailed You know, analysis of stuff. Like I said again, I could care. I don't care for the off-court shit. What people do, what these players say, you know, on 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 social media or whatever the case may be, you know, so what? Like it's whatever. I like what are you doing on the court? Are you backing up you could do all this stuff, but if you're going if you're backing up everything what you're saying on the court, damn it, I ain't got no problem. Like there's nothing for me to be mad about at all. Yeah. You know, and and KD, you know, these days, I'm like I'm on the side of him. Like before, there was a wild time period where I'm like, all right, man, KD's saying some wild stuff or whatever. He's being too sensitive. But then, the more and more I listen to him and and I and I learned more of the facts of a lot of stuff, um, and, you know, I'm like, you know what, I don't blame the damn dude. I don't blame him for saying doing the stuff he does. You know, because I know he's tired of shit. Like even with to a certain extent with lebron like it, it's you know obviously whatever he does is always going to be magnified regardless of what it whatever it is um yeah. but i i and he and honestly he doesn't deserve more than half of the criticism that he gets um but i feel like i know a lot of people do that because they're jordan fans or even kobe kobe fans and yeah You know, just like, come on, man. Just give it up. Just give it up already. Just let the guy be. Like, what he's doing in his 17th, 18th year is like, dog, like, like embrace it. Appreciate it. Because we may not see something like this happen in a long time. Who knows? What he's doing at his age is remarkable. Remarkable. Granted, he got the money to keep himself in, in great shape and stuff like that. I would do the same thing if I had LeBron's money. But... Appreciate what this guy's doing. Embrace it. Don't be one of those people that's like, you know, five, ten years after he retires, and you're like, man, you know what? LeBron was great. I should have appreciated more. We always we almost kind of seeing that now with the Golden State Warrior teams. You know how a lot of people are kind of yeah. realizing and, and, and having flashbacks. And remember, like, man, that was some great times. <laughs> like that. And it was. It was great times. Granted, I always wanted to go to state to lose, but it was great. They they balled out and the play and the teams that faced them like everybody came with a hunger. I like that. I like games like that. Oh, yeah. That's 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 the best part of NBA. Um, but I it's just don't don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those people. Embrace love the love the players at their greatness while they're in front of you, regardless of who your favorite player or team is. Because you're gonna wind up being one of those people that's gonna be like, or, or a lot of people our age talking reminiscent about the damn nineties. In the nineties, they were great but they like they had you know reminds me of the attitude there like yeah there was some high spots but there was a lot of bullshit in there (laughs) bullshit (laughs) scattered around like a lot of people kind of fetishize the 90s basketball and the style and it was like and i get it for nostalgic purposes and you know like there's many reasons why but there is just there was some times in in some parts of the game back then it's just like "Mm, nah now i'm good you know but I get it. That's that's basketball, but like I said, man, uh, with the NBA, uh, I just uh, the coverage of it it's almost annoying, you know. And uh, one more thing, shout out to Paul Pierce, though. Um, Oh yeah, shout shout out to
1: to the truth. (laughs) I I I
0: am not, you know, I will not say that I'm a fan of Paul Pierce. I really wasn't, you know. I know he he had his he had his good seasons, but. Especially with the Celtics, but I just never yeah. was fully fond of the guy. Especially like after, after he retired. I don't know. And I always remember that Draymond Green thing. <laughs> I think this is when he was. Um, oh yeah. Well, who was he with at the time? He was with the
1: Clippers. He was with the Clippers right. for his like final season. I mean, he was like completely washed. Right. You know, he was done. Uh, he could he barely could have got minutes on the floor at this point. And yeah, and Draymond Green told him, you, know, "You ain't Kobe. They don't love you like that." <laughs>
0: <laughs> he ain't wrong. <laughs> he ain't wrong. Which is facts.
1: They don't love him like that,
0: man. No, no, not at all. Not at all, man. But um, but the the other thing that um that was interesting from that Draymond uh thing on Katie's podcast was what he was talking about with injuries. Mm -hmm. And, um, this seems to be, it's the injury stuff is very intriguing in the sense that, uh, to my memory and, and I don't, you know, I'm pretty sure I could research and find all these numbers and statistics and stuff. Um, as far as like the amount of injuries that, that these players go through, like, (laughs) I don't know if it's more than like, it feels like more than ever. These players get these same injuries, whether it's the foot or Achilles or something with the knee or something like yeah. Or knees or something like that. Or ACLs. Like, how? It's just it's ridiculous. But Draymond was saying that one of the reasons why he kind of thinks it's like that way is because the way the style of the game is, it's so fast-paced now. You got so many possessions. You're going back and forth. And it, it's like the overall wear and tear. And – and I, I speak to my father about this often and you know he, he feels like it's the sneakers. The quality of the sneakers are not that great that the players are wearing. Um but I don't know. I can't I can't remember what how many injuries we saw like during, you know, the nineties or or even if you know people that have seen a lot of eighties NBA, like how many injuries was happening of this nature, especially like the Achilles. I feel like every season there is at least Three or four players, and we're not talking about like bench players or, or, or fringe players. Like we're talking about like starters. Like yeah. it's always something with the Achilles or ACL, MCL. Look at um, but who who recently got injured on um, on on Denver? Jamal um, Murray. Yeah, him. Psh, last what was it? The last
1: play Towards, of the game. Yeah, it was practically the last play of the game. Um It was the final minute of the game, and. You know, Denver, they were trying to at least still make a chance to try to come back in the game and win. But, uh, yeah, Jamal Murray, he tried to lift up for a layup. And, you know, as soon as he went up, he already felt the, he felt his knees pop and he went down. Like, uh, he went down in pain. And, you know, he tore, he tore his uh, left ACL. He's going to be out for the remainder of the season and possibly almost all of next season now. Because you know this injury happened so late, you know, <laughs> in the year, you know, you know it normally takes about uh, ten to twelve months for a full recovery.
0: Yeah, damn, it sucks because yeah. I was very excited to see how that team was going to do in the playoffs, man. Yeah, um, man. Like Same I, there. I felt like they were they whoever was going to match up against them, they're going to be trouble. And I ain't talking about like the bottom teams. I'm like in the second round or something like. Or maybe even the conference finals or something like that if they had made it that far. Like they tr- they their trouble. They were they Yeah, were they, were,
1: they were looking really good, man, especially after the Aaron Gordon trade. Yeah. And
0: yeah, exactly. It, like
1: he, which it you know, which helped them out a whole lot. Uh, you know, like because he was just he was that the that defensive four that they needed. The athletic, you know, defensive four that can guard multiple positions that they needed ever since Jeremy Grant left for Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were rolling, man. Like that fo- starting five was just like putting up incredible numbers together. And now, you know, that's a devastating blow, you know, for their, their championship chances, most likely. You know, they could still make a, a solid, you know, run and be a tough out in the playoffs, but it's just not going to be the same.
0: No, so uh, I
1: see. I see that they're um, looking to sign Austin Rivers as insurance. Where Jamal Murray, you know, he's a solid scoring guard, but it's just, again, you know, he is not the p- caliber of player that Jamal is. No. And, you know, and, you know, they're going to miss that a lot. You know, and it puts a lot of pressure now on, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Being that, you know, that second scorer and Aaron Gordon becoming, you know, more of an um, offensive of presence, you know, alongside Jokic. And, you know, it's it's a tough sell. You know, but I mean, if Gordon, if Gordon, you know, he's still being at least the third option. Right. It, you know, something might come across the net. But, you know, it, it's it's really a whole lot for this team now. And um, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It, it's awful because, you know, they were really looking like they had a real chance at this, especially with, you know, how the Lakers are banked up with injury.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, You know, we are truly unsure what the Clippers are going to be. And you know, in Utah, you know, they're starting to um fizzle out right now this you know late in the season. And you know, it's it's gonna be it's really something to behold. Um uh, is is like this whole season's a crapshoot because, you know, this condensed schedule, you know, that we had to have, you know, mm-hmm. has uh really, you know, de- decimated a lot of teams to process and now we don't know what this is gonna look like for the finals. Or what's going to look like for playoffs? But yet alone, what's going to look like for the M- MVP race coming up?
0: That's right. I'm 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 going to make a prediction right now, and people could look back on this months from now. Um, number one, I still think it's going to be a Nets and Lakers finals. Um, I feel like with the injuries with LeBron and, and and Anthony Davis, I feel like it's going to be one of those blessing in disguise type of things because yeah, you know they. And I know, like, the Lakers, they're like, probably, like, right in the fifth seed now. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're getting back. I, I have full confidence and trust in the Lakers that they're managing these injuries with these guys very well. Um, and I think that they're, they're going to be fresh. They're going to be ready for the playoffs. We already know how playoff LeBron, what that means. Um, AD, I, I feel like those guys they're going to come back and they're just going to wreck shit up. Um, I, at least that's how I feel, how I look at it. Um, I'm gonna put some respect on Phoenix. Um, I, I don't know. Like for me, I still feel like somewhat people not respecting them or giving up enough credit yet, but I, I would be fearful of them (laughs) depending on, and it's, and it's, it's always about matchups of course. Um, but, I'm just – I I just still hold that true, man. Lakers and and Nets in the finals, which I think would be an amazing finals um, uh, between those two teams. The road to that is going to be very interesting and very fun. But I know a lot of people are looking at the West and like, man, that's going to be fun. But don't sleep on the East because the East is still – like I know I had the Nets going to the finals – the East is always a very there is just very intriguing because I don't know if this is the year that Milwaukee actually, you know, gets over the hump and gets into the finals. I don't know if, you know, Was it? Um there's another team I'm thinking about that that is in there. Uh Philadelphia. Uh you know, depending on how, you know, Embiid and bead and don't work. It, like they got to stay healthy. Like that's number one priority with Philadelphia. They got to stay healthy. Like yeah. wrap and bead and and Ben Simmons and bubble wrap for the rest of the season if you need to, but keep those guys healthy because they don't stand a chance that those two guys are injured or one of those guys in. They need those guys healthy. There, there's no fans or butts about that. It, it just every year it just feels like it's always they always get there and then just some untimely injury. Um. I Boston, I don't I don't worry about Boston. I know, and first of all, I know there's a lot of people out there that would love to see a Knicks and Nets first round matchup. Um and as much as it pains me to even say this, I would be intrigued by that. (laughs) I would be very intrigued by it. Um the Nets, I feel like obviously they will win the series, but I feel like it would be a much more competitive series than people would think. Um, Uh me knowing as everybody knows, I'm a bulls fan and knowing how Thibodeau is with his teams. Um, and it seems like the Knicks, this Knicks teams is very receptive to how he coaches. Um, they, it seems like they enjoy playing under his system. And uh, he's reminds me of, um, when we was talking before this with Nate McMillan, how he is, you know, and even Frank Vogel, like d- defensive-minded coaches, um, I-, I could see Thibodeau. Um, I could see the Knicks giving the Nets a little bit of of trouble in a series. Um, if they was to face each other, I say it'll be going to five. I don't see anything more than five, but it would be a very competitive five. Like oh, yeah. you may have, Most you may percent. have that one game is like a blowout in the Nets' favor, um, but. I, I feel like the other games will be very very competitive. Um it's pain is painful is painfully for me to say that. Um my boys don't stand a chance of getting the playoffs that, with, without Zach Levine now that he's under uh COVID protocol. So uh, uh you guys
1: were just sliding too. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. looking rough for your boys, man. Yeah. Like, it, it's a, it's a definite um absence too, which means, you know, the more you guys lose and the more Bob Wizards win, like the chances of us getting that playing spot increases.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 tank again, Chicago. Let's. let's <laughs> I mean, <go> for
1: it. <laughs> but, you. Know, I mean, honestly, you know, you can only not be really disappointed in how the season has gone for you guys. Like, no, you know, no, no, you no, have no. A front no. office, you have a front office that clearly has a direction and you know, wonder where to go. They want to get into the playoffs. Uh, it, this year, it doesn't look like it might be the case. Um, and they know where they want to go as far as what their team concept is um, yes. going into next season. So yes. for them to go and get a pick, you know, you know, um, you know, know, get a late lottery pick and then try to cut bait with a couple of players that just clearly does not fit into the future plans of that team is a good start. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but y'all, you, know, you know, there is definitely a lot of questions that need to be um asked about, you know, just not just with the fit of um Fucevic and um, Levine, which I think is a pretty solid fit yeah, um, between no, those no, it's two. A good and they're fit. getting themselves good. together. It's yeah. just, just you know, just um figuring out what to do with Cody White and Kobe White, um, and um and of course Larry Marketing, who has to go which I've I said that the first time around. Like he,
0: yeah. He yeah.
1: should be, he, he does, he's just, he's just, he, he may not be really good, man. <laughs> nah,
0: nah, I was very hopeful. And, and I was very hopeful in the beginning and, and it showed promise, but it's just, man, it is what it is. And I'm not mad, you know, like th- th- we've, we made good strides this season. We've, we've been competitive for the majority of the season. Um, and so by no means am I, uh, like I, I I see like oh my gosh like I, I just, the sky is not falling for us at all um we got it we like I said um uh, we we got good players we got a good um backcourt and I think it's just a matter of over the off season you know who you know who we get to surround these players with um I don't know we may make a we may make a trade for somebody that you know nobody ever would think that's going to be traded in the off season we don't know free agency like i know everybody wants everybody's looking at steph curry and and that and and i don't buy these rumors that or these theories that people believe that oh lebron and lakers they trying to uh court steph curry now granted i mean it's not it's not like it's not you know worth a try but (laughs) i don't think that it's going to be successful at all um i don't see steph curry leaving golden state uh especially when you know you got a healthy Klay Thomas coming back next year. Klay Thompson, Um, and then you know I don't know if they're going to keep Kelly uh, over there. Um, Wiseman is a stud, and he you know with with Curry, Draymond Wiseman, and and um actually Draymond Draymond Wiseman Curry and and, and Clay, those guys on the team like they they'll be all right. Golden State is going to be fine. Steph ain't going nowhere.
1: Uh, hey, oh. wait a minute! You, you missing someone there?
0: Who am I missing? You're missing you? Missing? You're missing Maple Jordan, my man. <laughs> missing Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh boy! Yeah, that guy. Now I know. I I put some respect on Andrew Wiggins. Like the dude. I, I've like I want to. I want to believe in that guy, but it's just I don't know, man. It's just something about him that's just not, just not clicking. It's just not clicking, man. Like wherever he goes, it just doesn't, it just doesn't fully click well. And I don't know. I, I don't know what his contract status is. I, I guess he's you know, I don't know if he's a free agent this year. I, I would have to look at that. Um, but <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, yeah. Yeah, I totally forget that goes to show. I totally forgot about the guy. That goes to show how much how much he does that, that sticks to my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with um but Golden State be fine. I don't. I don't have any worries or concerned about those those guys. Um, they'll always find a way to get back. Shit, they they are on their borderline playoff team now. Yeah, yeah, it's man. Like, it, Steph Curry's just, just one of his, if not his best statistical season ever. <laughs> not that I ain't surprised much. about it. I, I I I called it from the beginning that that was going to wind up happening. Um, mm-hmm. With or with well, I originally thought that with Clay being. Healthy, but even without clay being healthy i i figured that he was going to wind up um having a great season and that it was going to be necessary for him to do that for them to even be either in the playoffs in a playoff spot or anywhere near it um and so far so you know good it's holding up true so yeah you know it's good it's fine you know but it will it's going to be um it's going to be interesting how the seating turns out and i'm excited man i just want the playoffs to happen already. I just want them to come already. And, yeah,
1: and, man. I, I mean, if, if it's a way to just you know keep uh, keep the injuries at bay, you know, that's it. Like, you just get this going. Uh, and if you want the playoffs to happen already, your Bulls will still be in there, you know. <laughs> uh, but y'all might get blown out by the Knicks, considering you know all things. considered. Hey, consider hey, what's hey, going hey on. come <laughs> on, man!
0: Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't be speaking that into existence. All right, I, I, I do not need that to happen. That is the absolute last thing I need to happen is for us to play the Knicks in a play-in game and for the Knicks to blow us out. I I, I don't even hey, want man. to think about what the stuff that I'll be hearing from the numerous Knicks fans that I joke and laugh about frequently, and especially my father. I don't want to hear that mess, man. I don't. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I cannot do it, man. But hey, uh, hey, all right, all right. Good, good luck, Knicks. Good luck, y'all. Y'all get bounced in the first round, though. It's all right, you know. But hey, man, we're going to wrap this up. Um, yeah, man. It, it's another one of those episodes, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we 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 try to stay to an hour, but uh, man, we just enjoy talking about this stuff so much. Uh, so, but we appreciate everybody rocking with us uh, with all of this and stuff. Ju- man. We just
1: enjoy talking to each other too, man. So
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> you know, we we both live. You know busy lives and stuff like that, so you know and, and I mean even before this you know we we chop it up more on on Twitter you know in and passing more than anything but um uh like this this us doing this stuff man it's I love it, it's great um it's always great to talk you know just overall sports stuff and and I'm hoping somewhere down the line that we can actually like have you know a person like a guesser with us, you know you know, to, to put their input and stuff like that, because it's always great to hear different perspectives and stuff. And, you know, I may say some stuff that people was like, nah, nah, I don't know about that or same thing with you. And, and we'll, there'll be moments where we disagree with stuff, but, um, it's gonna, It's that's, but that's sports, man. That's the beauty of sports. And that's, what's fun talking about it. So, um, you know, with that note, I just want to make one last, uh, quick shout out here. Um, it's almost kind of like a promo, but, um, uh, I, 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 because of the fact that this is one of my guys one of my bros uh tj that he um that he does this stuff this is his business but um anyway man so basically if you're looking for a jersey old or new like from like your favorite team or player you know um well he has a a business called locker 16 um they will look for the jersey and sell it to you um at a fair and reasonable price um i remember a couple years ago i had gotten a um North Carolina Vince Carter jersey um from them and the quality is great like they does do a great job with that stuff um and so on Instagram he has an Instagram page uh the company has an Instagram page and it's called locker 16 so locker.16 um like I said do a search on Instagram um DM like if there's any jerseys or anything like that um, you know, that comes to your mind that you would like to find or like to have or something like that, you know, um, him and his people, like they do a great job searching for it. And once, you know, DM them, you know, and, and tell them what you're looking for and they'll do their best to search for it, you know. um, But I, I trust in my guy, I trust in the company, the business, Um, very, very, very good business and reliable. You can look at their page. Shows all the other jerseys that he has sold in the past. But uh, but yeah, I just wanted to make a quick shout out to that, uh, to my man TJ for, for for that stuff. So keeping the lookout for it. Um, I'm also, just in case people miss out on it, I'm also putting the description of, of, of the episode. I'm going to put the, uh, that Instagram name on there just in case. But it is locker.16, like the word 16. Um, so yeah, go check that out um chris man as always hey wow man
1: before before we go that 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 should be like our first sponsor right there
0: you know (laughs) (laughs) it could be it very well could be you know you know and um i like to you know promote that type of stuff man i mean because we are a sports show you know so and everybody loves sports Sport. everybody loves jerseys you know (laughs) we should go back to like the early 2000s and stuff for everybody rocking retro jerseys and shit. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a great, it's a great website, man. Great, a uh, great page, good people. And, um, and I can't stress enough. I, I, I'm i not going to tell people to look up something if I didn't believe or trust in it. And if I didn't think that uh, it's something that I think people should look at and I'm always going to support black businesses also so that, that also goes hand in hand with that and so yeah, man. Yeah. Could be our first sponsor. I'll speak to him about it. We'll see what, what, what turns out to be. But um but yeah, man, do you have any parting words, man, before we break out and stuff?
1: Uh well um again, thanks for listening, guys. Uh uh I'm I'm just happy that, you know, my um my my soccer club, uh Manchester United, they um now reach uh Europa League semifinals. Now okay. from today, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, Mortal Kombat drops next week. the uh, yes. 2021 film. Uh, I'm stat. I'm ecstatic. I'm stoked. I'm pe- I'm jazzed. I'm pumped. I'm ready to see some violence. I'm you know I can't I can't wait for that to drop. So you know it's good. Um, watch Invincible. Watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So great, good shows. You know, uh, and you know. And that's all, man. Um, if you want to follow me, um, again, it's rappers or actors on Twitter, again as rappers or actors, R A P P E R S, letter R A C T O R S. Uh, yeah. Um, I I tweet whenever I can. Uh, it's mainly just banter, and that's about it.
0: And um, my Twitter is uh, Mo B knowing Mo underscore B underscore knowing No G at the end. Just knowing um, Instagram is Corona underscore Mo. Um, yes, I had that name before the whole COVID stuff. So don't ask any questions regarding that. The name was there before then. I'm a Corona person. So that's it. But um, but yeah, again, thank you for everybody for rocking with us and listening to us. And we um, uh, can't wait to give you guys more content uh, as time goes on. And uh, once again, rest in peace, DMX. We love you, bro. We, yeah, your spirit is never going to die. All right, man. Well, we out of this place. Thank you, everybody. See you to the next episode.